0: Gentlemen, what you just saw is what's happening in Afghanistan right now. Um, We're going to talk about that today. It is a horrific humanitarian crisis, and it's something that needs to be addressed by President Biden and by our federal government. We have to help get the the Americans that are still stranded in there out and help these people. Uh, But before we jump into this conversation, please... Do everything that we that you can to help us spread this message. Like this video, share this video, comment on this video. Uh, do you think that this pullout was premature? Do you think this pre this pullout was rushed? Please comment below. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the um, please subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications bell. That way, you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also. If you haven't already become a member of Freedom Wire, please do so. Real easy to do. Click the link on the bottom right-hand side of the screen and um, give us your email. We'll start sending stories that are important to people like you and like us, and you won't find anywhere else. Okay, so, uh, man, that, that, that video is horrific, and, and I, for one, was definitely affected by seeing that. I don't know about you guys, but... Um, it was one of those things that made me look at how important decisions can be made here that affect people all over the world.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, I don't think that a lot of Republicans or Democrats, di- Democrats disagree on the fact that we should withdraw troops from Afghanistan, but what we disagree on is how it was done. And that's something that Trump keeps reiterating in his statements because the left keeps trying to attack him as if he's he wasn't for the troop withdrawal. It was just a matter of how it's done, whether there were conditions or not. And it seems like the Biden administration just rushed them out, just immediately pulled them out, left the embassy in danger, and just waited to see what was, what happened. And then next thing we know, Biden is off to Camp David and Jen Psaki goes on vacation and we don't hear anything from them until yesterday. So I think that's a really disappointing response to what's going on.
2: This was one of those rare moments where you get to see really the entire world gets to see a complete foreign policy failure play out on an accelerated timetable. Usually when these things happen, they can take years to manifest. But this was so horribly botched, so rushed, so chaotic that the Taliban had taken over the country before the U.S. was even fully gone. And you can say what you will about, you know, various presidents, because honestly, the fact that we've been there for 20 years, that's three going on four presidential administrations back to back to back that have all been complicit in this. Bush got us there, Obama kept us there, Trump started to pull things out, Biden completed it, and every single one of them has some sort of responsibility for the situation that's going on here, but usually when we talk about America's foreign policy stuff, it it takes a long time to play out, but right now we saw in the course of three, four days, complete and total anarchy, and... It's truly a shocking and horrific situation that we have going on there. And we're, as with everything else, too busy fighting each other to actually be able to come up with a solution right now.
0: Here's the scariest part of this scenario. The fact that this rushed pullout has left over a trillion dollars worth of armaments, vehicles, equipment at the, discretion of a terrorist organization the taliban they have drones tanks black hawk helicopters they have bombs they have uh they have guns they have uh munitions for those guns what just happened in afghanistan was basically the biggest arms deal ever and they got it for free
2: yeah uh, a few days ago as they were closing in on the capital. At the airport were currently parked four or five American fighter jets that had just been left there. And as to what became of them, we haven't seen yet, but we have seen pictures of them raiding military bases that were meant to go to the Afghan military, uh, weapons caches that were supposed to be used to supply soldiers, and they are now cemented cementing their power over afghanistan at the point of a gun that we the american taxpayer paid for like they took your money and used it to buy that gun for the afghan army and the afghan army surrendered immediately and gave it over to the taliban so now any any damage done with that is with a gun that came out of your paycheck there is one holdout still there's a one city
0: North of Kabul, uh, it's it's being ran by the vice president, the you know of, of Afghanistan, as well as one of the sons of their uh, military leaders. Um, they still have arms; they are still fighting the Taliban. But there's only so much they can do with. Yeah, with and of course it's
2: it's the vice president, not even the president, because we the president fled, the, the president fled the country with a helicopter full of cash. Yeah, it's, it's like right out of a bad B movie. And this is the problem when America gets into the territory of regime change and propping up foreign governments and stuff. Because you saw, as soon as the US wasn't there, most of the government didn't want to try anymore, and what was left couldn't. Because, you know, a lot of the criticism going on right now is, oh, we can't fight a war that the Afghan people don't want to. We can't commit American troops where their troops won't. And that's a a fairly just criticism, like that clip we played at the beginning of the airport. You see that crowd is predominantly made up of fighting aged men. Like if they wanted to put together an army out of that, they could, but here's the thing. The Afghan military suffered more casualties against the Taliban in the last 20 years than the United States did. Uh, And additionally, most of their military was trained to rely on support from the US. So when the US left, their military lost most of its support infrastructure, air support, transportation lines, that all got cut. Because this was a military that was trained to not know how to be independent from us. Because up until recently, the understanding was, we're just going to be here forever. This is our thing now. So to try to cut that in a matter of months, pull out in a matter of days, and then you start with the military. (laughs) they did it in the complete opposite order of what you would think an intelligent pullout would be, you know, first they remove the protection, then they try to get out the diplomats and civilians, and then they try to get the supplies, and then they try to get the sensitive documents. You're supposed to do it in the exact opposite order, but we're still supposed to be confused as to why this turned into a mess. And as we saw from Biden's press conference yesterday, it's all Trump's fault, of course. This, the president that takes responsibility came out and very eloquently blamed the last guy, which means he's no different than any other president who's ever come before him. The disturbing
1: thing that we've seen come out of this is, especially from the press conference yesterday, is that we don't know what's going to happen to all of the remaining Americans who are there, which apparently was confirmed today by one of the Pentagon spokesperson. They don't know how many Americans are left and they assume it's in it's it could be eight to 10,000. So people are still struggling to get out of the country. There's no real plan to get them out. And over the course of the past three days, where they're supposed to be evacuating Afghanistan, they've only gotten 700 Americans out. And they've gotten many more uh, U.S. allied Afghans out, which is good too. But I think we should be more concerned about what is going to happen to the American citizens who are still there. But the administration doesn't seem too concerned.
2: Yeah, and of course the priorities of the United States government should be getting Americans out. But the fact that we're leaving most of our Afghan allies just high and dry is another shameful, disgraceful stain on the legacy of this administration right now. Well,
1: we're, not, we're not leaving them high and dry. We just haven't gotten them all out yet because there's like 88,000 of them.
2: Yeah. And that's the problem. Turns out when you park somewhere for 20 years, ingrain yourself in government and culture and give no indication that you plan on leaving, people tend to come to rely on you. So for them to be left like that, yeah, they, they want to bring him over. Everybody loves to talk about that. But again, no real plan. And you know what, what's hilarious
0: is Biden's blaming of Trump and the left coming out and saying the same thing. My argument to them was Biden froze or, or reversed every Trump policy since he's been in the White House. He made it so diabetics have to pay more for insulin. So I, I mean, it, if he's going to if he's going to freeze every decision that Trump has made, or or uh, go against every decision Trump has made, why didn't he go against this one? If if you're going to put blame on anybody's shoulders for what's happening in Afghanistan right now, it lays firmly on Joe Biden, firmly because again. He had he could have not done the pullout in this manner. He could have frozen the, the or disregarded the the uh, agreement that Trump made with the with the Taliban, um, which again is also being criticized. When you know, as if the president shouldn't look for peaceful solutions, which I think one hundred percent Trump was trying to do. Which I think every president should try to do is find a peaceful solution to a you know it looked like a perennial uh a situation there in afghanistan but i can't help but think this has to do with the liberal the liberal culture and and the idea of colonization what good is it what what i'm i'm really getting tired of is america moving into countries beating the bad guys Installing a government that falls within months or a couple of years of of uh, of our pullout, and then we have to wind up going back again. This is either how the military-industrial complex is designed to work, or it's a failure in American policy. And it's time to rethink what we do when we go into a place, and 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 take you know and and do the work that is needed to to ensure that people are safe from now on maybe it's just a better idea for us to go in there and install an american style government run by american people that will help ensure that that people will stick with the 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 democracy and have the uh resources in place to run their
2: country well here's here's a point that you know, has been brought up multiple times here of, uh, what, were you just expecting us to stay there forever? Uh, we, were, we were there for a mission, and now we're leaving. And suddenly, you are seeing all the Republicans who were once very anti-interventionist, anti-endless war, big to call out the military-industrial complex, now suddenly revert to, it's okay to intervene, it's okay to stay there for a long time. Like, we should stay there forever. What, what we, we need to stay there. And they're doing it because they're trying to own the libs you know uh, suddenly embracing interventionalist and endless war policies just to stick it to the biden administration like that that's not how this is supposed to work if anything the republicans were supposed to be the anti-interventionist groups that's why you know everybody accused trump of being too isolationist f- for not starting a single war during the last four
0: I years I don't think that's a Republican idea. I think it's more of a libertarian idea.
2: Well, yes, but generally speaking, they're they're especially, you know, since the initial uh, deployment to Afghanistan and then the subsequent war in Iraq, there's been a lot of, why do we need to send our, our people to die in these countries that have no strategic value? Why are we still there for this long? Like just to, to highlight how insane this is, we have been in Afghanistan since Grace and I were four years old. Like the, we, we have never known a life in America that did not have us at war with Afghanistan. I've mentioned this before, one of my earliest childhood memories is the news footage of the 9-11 attacks. Like this has been a problem for my entire life. This is not something new. This is not something that we just you know stumbled into. The fact that we're still there, that I'm old enough to now do a political podcast talking about the problem with it at 24, when we went when I was just a little kid, that's kind of ridiculous. But all of a sudden, now we're seeing this total reversal where, no, no, we're su- it's good to stay. It's good to be there. The pullout was always going to be terrible. It was always going to be a mess. But at least with Trump's plan, when it was still in place, there were conditions and the threat of us coming back. Now we had a no condition pullout and an administration that is too busy having TikTok influencers dance in front of the White House to actually be threatening. That's the problem.
1: And I'm sure a lot of that exists in conservatives and all groups people wanting to stay over there for certain reasons and I personally think that we should withdraw our troops because it's like what is it worth especially if it falls this fast like why what did we spend 20 years doing there if we're at the end of the day it's just going to all crash like this now of course you can attribute that to how the Biden administration handled it but I think a lot of people are concerned about it's like they they see it as a waste of time. Like we should just stay there for a few more years, or however many years it takes to stabilize the country and truly get them on their feet. Um, but I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about how the goal has changed from staying there forever to now uh, ending endless wars, which I think is a good thing. But I think sometimes the per- the narrative on that gets confused.
2: Yeah, we we can't really decide. Yeah, we can't really decide what we're trying to be. If you're trying to be the large-scale imperialist military conqueror that everyone accuses you of being, then do it. If you're going to go and take over a country, for whatever reason, then go and take it over and put in a government that can last. And if you're trying to be non-interventionist, pacifist, who doesn't stick around and do that, then stop with the regime change nonsense. Like Every time we try it, it fails. And this goes back to you know Vietnam and Korea. Remember when Biden was saying, just end of last month? No, the, it's, it's not inevitable that the Taliban will take over. And you will never see helicopters lifting people off the roof of the embassy like they did in Saigon. We've all seen that picture. Here's a clip of him saying that, just so you know we're not making it up. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan
3: now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable.
0: Mr. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse.
3: That is not true. Can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They did they did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place.
0: Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling?
3: None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the united states from afghanistan it is not at all comfortable so the question now is where do they go from here that the jury is still out but the likelihood there's going to be the taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely
2: yeah you, you see right there like that was him making a statement and then lo and behold we saw the exact opposite and now they're pretending like they were never wrong and here's a here's point that, that it kind of goes to you guys as far as
0: us staying there or, or as far as it being a waste of time. It is never a waste of time uh, to institute democracy anywhere, uh, regardless of whether it falls or not. Because the, the, every time that democracy is tried, it, it, it births that fire of liberty in, into the younger generations. But more so... There, the here's the it does not like people are, like you guys kind of just said that there is no um, American interests really in Afghanistan. Uh, th- there's really nothing we ha- we could really get out of it. But the fact of the matter is, by protecting the Afghan people, we are protecting Americans. There is a reason why the terror threat has gone into the red since the Taliban took over. Um, giving a a breeding ground for terrorism is never a good thing, and and you know, I mean, I mean, it's it's I guarantee you, of those uh, Afghani's who have been uh, airlifted out of there, there's at least one, at least one, if not many, embedded embedded agents that are looking to cause trouble in America. So. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think so because the only ones that are getting sent here are people who are verified to have worked for the United States while we were there.
2: No, but like to Sean's point, I'm sure in the crowd of people who are trying, there there are some. And that that's the problem when you accept any group of refugees en masse. It's what happened when the Syrian refugees poured into Europe to try to escape the Assad regime. Uh, ISIS planted hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, perhaps thousands, in those waves of migrants that were coming in. And then you saw massive upswings in violence, terrorist attacks and stuff all over Europe. Uh, That's what we'd like to avoid here. And the mass migrant and refugee importation that is being discussed now, that's a whole other issue. Because now you're, you're seeing bipartisan support for bringing over tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people and of course it becomes a right and left issue where if anyone on the right says yeah bring over everyone who helped us but we need to verify that it's actually someone who helped us then they're called you know racist anti-immigrant all the usual things it's happening all across social media right now and by the way
0: for the record just because they worked for us and helped us doesn't mean they're on our side completely mm -hmm. But these there are, are like
1: translators and people who have to be referred by our our defense officials yeah. into this program. And it's right. not just randoms or citizens that just existed in Afghanistan while we were there. These are people who worked for us,
0: right? But the they, very they, least, yeah. they'll be double. They, there were still double agents. There's always double agents in a, in that kind of a situation when it comes. Of course, to
1: that's that. possible. I mean, I'm sure, I assume that's always possible, but I don't think that we should reject people okay. who.
0: No, no, I'm not saying we should reject them. What I'm saying, though, is if we, would, if we could have stayed in Afghanistan, these people would have stayed in Afghanistan.
2: That was the point I made earlier, where the fact that we started pulling the military out first is what caused this mess. Because if the military presence had stayed, then we could have, okay, we're going to evacuate every civilian who helped us who would be in danger without the support of the U.S. military. So we vet them, you get them on planes... You can fly them to Europe, you can fly them to the US, you can bring them wherever you need to because you are maintaining stability in the region. That's part of how you have an effective exit strategy to just throw caution to the wind, get everybody with the, you know, get all military personnel on a plane first and then fly them out. That's how you have this crisis. And what we're seeing right now, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing to have more democracy around the world even if it's not a perfect system, it is the least disastrous government system historically. But part of what democracy requires is a people group that is willing to uphold it, people who are willing to participate in it. And what we have seen many times throughout the Middle East is that Islamic fundamentalism and democracy are completely incompatible. Like they, they do not go hand in hand. That's why Islamic fundamentalist regimes tend to be so tyrannical Even if they put "democratic" in front of their name, the Taliban knows exactly how to play the mambi pambi feeling centric Western culture. They're promising to build up an inclusive and diverse government. They are promising that they will, you know, do all these things to you know be tolerant and you know diversity and inclusion are their main talking points. And we know what their main talking points are because they've been making TV appearances. They have their official Twitter accounts. So pause and think about that for a second. The Taliban can have their spokespeople post tweets and videos for them. The former president of the United States has his account permanently suspended. The Ayatollah of Iran can post daily updates on whatever he wants. Former president of the United States dead silent because all his accounts have been shut down. Like that That's insanity right there. That, that's the exact context for something that's insane but think about it that's what they're going for the Taliban wants the left to be okay with them because they know if they can placate the new wave of western government people are going to leave them alone but when you have an Islamic fundamentalist regime it sucks for women it sucks for minorities sucks for anyone who's basically not a Taliban member and uh Check Definitely out this not good for LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah. Check out this quick clip right here of them asking the Taliban, "Hey, are you going to support women?" Check out their answer.
0: So, would you believe in the democratic vote, though? So, would people be allowed to vote in women politicians?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, you see that they're laughing in our faces. It's a joke. Obviously, they're not going to because that's completely incompatible with everything they stand for. But they know how to give the right answers in their press briefings to make the f- predominant group of the leftists in the West leave them alone.
0: Yeah, think about this. CNN is giving the Taliban a platform while they, will, while, they, while they will not interview the former president of the United States.
2: Well, there was just the statement made, they're chanting death to America, but they're also friendly at the same time. It's it's the next iteration of the fiery, but mostly peaceful. Uh, that, That CNN reporter, two days ago, was doing a live broadcast, wearing normal clothes, head uncovered, looking for all the world, like just your average white woman walking around in Western culture. Today, she's wearing a hijab and a dress that comes down to her ankles because the country is now being run by people who will kill her with rocks if she doesn't what does that say about the regime that has just been implemented there? It's not inclusive, it's not diverse, it's a travesty is what it is. And that's
1: Biden, that's all Biden. Not to defend CNN or MSNBC who are interviewing Taliban members in any way because obviously they have done a lot of bad journalism but in a way they're, they're doing the job that journalists should be doing, they should be trying to ask questions about things. And when the president of the United States won't take questions and he goes back to his retreat in Camp David, the press secretary is on vacation. I, kind of, I wanna know what's going on. So I'm kind of glad that outlets like them are asking questions and doing what a journalist is supposed to do. Um, again, and I'm not trying to defend anyone here because I don't like those networks. I think they do a lot of bad work, but just to their credit, I wanted to say that because I think it's important that we do have transparency.
2: Oh, for sure. Any Western journalist who's willing to walk into a room full of Taliban personnel and ask them questions should at least be applauded for their dedication to the job, even if the network they work for is terrible.
0: Well, uh, you're, 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 you got to find well, it out somehow. Here's the problem. If you inter- interview, you, you know, you could, you could interview Satan and you know you're not going to get the truth. The same thing going on with the Taliban. Interviewing them is about as useful as interviewing Satan. You're not going to get a straight answer. You're not going to get a true answer. You're going to get what they want you to hear. There's no well, true you know
1: what answers we're getting from Biden? Zero.
0: Zero. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'd rather have no answers than lies,
2: given the choice. But hey, guys, it's okay. No more mean tweets.
1: <laughs> no more mean the, tweets. <laughs> the, the tweets are
2: nice. They're infrequent, but they're polite when he posts them uh doesn't mean they're true but at least everybody feels good
0: yeah i think we could sit here all day and continue on this but i but honestly i think we're gonna have to talk about this a lot more so i think it's time to go ahead and cut this one off we'll we'll
2: be back on the subject because this is not something we're not referring to this in the past tense this is happening now the story will likely change by the time this video goes live so stay tuned to updates uh, so subscribe to Freedom Wire for articles that we pump out faster than we can do the videos. Uh, check the links in the description for everything that we just talked about, and we will be back in the next one. And I, I think I stepped on Sean's
3: uh, closing of the show I,
2: there.
0: I, I we stop it there. Yeah. Like I say, that, that's a good place to yeah. end. But also, <laughs>
2: I'll, we're throwing a reminder: we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts basically everywhere you go to get your listening material now helps us get off YouTube, helps us get more views out there. So go over there, subscribe. We'll have links to that down below as well. Uh, And then I'll kick it over to Sean for our customary sign off here.
0: All right, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Hopefully you liked what you heard. More importantly, hopefully you agreed with what you heard. If you did do all that stuff we asked you to in the beginning, like share, do all that good stuff. Help us fight the litocracy. Stay free,
1: America. God bless you.